Hi, welcome to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Harris, with my co-host, Brayton Harris. Today, we dive into the issue that caused me and Brayton not to talk for four months, and at the end, we dive into what is okay to disagree on and what is not okay to disagree on. Make sure to stay to the end to get all the details. God bless y'all. Yeah, yeah I, I guess we should just start. Yeah, welcome back to the Kingdom Vision podcast. You know, it's been a minute, right, Brayden? It's been a minute. Yeah, it, it has. It's been a um, long, long lot, time. A lot, lot has happened in the past. Uh, I think I looked it up. Our last episode was released June 12th. A lot has happened since June 12th. It's October 8th. It's October 8th right now. Yes. Yeah, I feel a little, uh, <laughs> I feel a little bad for our uh small small viewership we had we had a lot of a lot of loyalty man coming from these small viewers and we let them down yeah, yeah. small uh small amount but um big in loyalty and uh shout out to kj my bad bro uh, <laughs> i know you got those long hours at h-e-b uh i'll try we'll try not to leave you hanging going forward but we'll give you an explanation as to that's why we're, we we're, love we're, we're, we'll fill in the lines. We'll fill in the yeah. gaps here next coming 30, 45 minutes or so. I thought it was funny too. Uh, you know, made the, made the Instagram, made the Facebook advertising, you know, getting the hype video out there. Right. Just for, is this dead silence? You know, I, you know, what I kind of feel <laughs> it like is like, like LeBron in zero, dark, zero dark 30 mode. You know, we were just locked in, man. Things happening, you know, we're just locked. It had to go zero dog thirty for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was, it was we really were. We were after him for a minute there. <laughs> what did you say? So we were dang sure after him for a minute there. My goodness, but um, I guess we should get into. It. I think the the topic of this here podcast episode is disagreements and disagreements in life, which um is. The number one reason why me and Brayden didn't do podcasts for for four months, three months. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, are we gonna Are we gonna say this is a part of the struggle series still? <laughs> because, this uh, is uh, it, it, this is the pinnacle of the struggle series. Okay. This is the climax of the struggle series. Disagreeing with others. Yeah. Um, and I think this is I think this is a component that um, you know a lot of times our you know our viewers we're preaching to them. They can they can witness some struggle that we went through personally, me and you. Yeah, no doubt. But no uh, doubt. yeah, in life, basically, you're gonna disagree with others, regardless of where you at, um, where you work, where you go to school. Regardless, um, disagreements are a part of life, politics, whatever. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Um, I think most importantly for the um, like Christian, like you'll struggle with disagreements um, no matter what part of your walk you're in. You know, no matter how oh, many, yeah. how many months, weeks, days, years, you know, there's no point where it goes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm above disagreements now. And you that's know? a big, uh, that's a big point too, is your walk in Christianity. There's going to be disagreements that you see other people doing things you don't disagree with. You disagree on certain theologies, you know, you disagree on things every single day and it's a major part of your faith too. It is, it's a real big, yeah. I mean, learning how to deal with others, learning how to um, not see eye to eye with other people all the time. And you can yeah. still have confession with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. 
For sure. I, uh, I was interested to really ask like your perspective. I feel like, uh, even though we have, obviously we've talked about, you know, our, we'll break down kind of our disagreement, but like what, uh, what on your side, did you feel like, um, you know, you really grew in out of it, you know, out of what we disagreed on and, yeah, so a little, we had we kind of been kind of getting around the point here, but the point is, me and Brayden got in a huge disagreement. Um, you know, a little into June, I would say, to the point where we were not very on good speaking terms, man. Like we're competitive people. We um we get that from our fault, our, our families, our fathers. You know, very competitive in whatever we do. So, and that was the first time we had disagreed on anything. So basically the point is we, we got in a big old fight and now we're here three months later. So that's the point. And sorry, what's your question again? I was just going to say like what you learned out of the disagreement. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically what I learned um, too is up to that point, me and you had been eye to eye, you know, we would talk for hours all the time, but we always agreed on everything. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I learned, like I said earlier, is how to not see eye to eye with everyone on every single issue. Because you can be of the same denomination as people, you know, Baptists or not the same denomination. Regardless, you can be going to church with people and still disagree on fundamental things. You can be completely different denominations of with people and still disagree on major issues. The point being, you're going to disagree with somebody regardless of where you're going, where you're in. Um, so that's the biggest thing I learned is how to how to not let my pride get the best of me and and getting my you to believe my point and just like letting God work almost you know just taking pride out of the picture that's the biggest thing I learned. Yeah, I think uh, I think what one thing I really learned was kind of a a true mark of friendship is like you know what happens when you know stuff goes sideways, you know, like where does, you know, where does it come whenever disagreement hits? Because that's what you see in true brotherhood. You know, there's a reason you fight with your brother and sister the most. We're brother and brother in Christ. So, you know, eventually it was bound to happen. You know, it had to happen. So, yeah. No, no, go ahead. So it was, I know that God used it. I know that God used it. I know that God used it because ultimately there was, we had too good of a bond, you know, you weren't someone that I was going to have a disagreement with where I could just, you know, put you on the back burner and be like, Hey, I don't have to talk to him for the rest of my life anyway. You know, it's like, it's not an option. You know, yeah. we as not an option. Like we are, we've been too close. We, I mean, every family gathering, every, everything like you can't, you can't, you don't just you can't avoid each other. Yeah. There's no avoiding, uh, you know, you're at a certain point, like, there's like, okay, you know, you got to work it out. Yeah. And I know that God used that because I know in a lot of times in my life, like, you know, struggle would hit and it's easy to run away. Like, especially with people, like I would, I'm not real confrontational until I am. And whenever my confrontation would hit, I would just push people, you know, into the same thing I was trying to do, you know, just kind of shy away from it. But I definitely learned that, um, just to have peace and like, in um the disagreements like and and understand you know god's use for it you know god doesn't show two people the same thing you know at the same exact time god doesn't 
you know, two people can be full heartedly devoted to God and be hearing two completely separate things. And it's out of our understanding, you know, and being okay with that, having peace with that. You know what I mean? 100%. And another thing that I I do 100% believe in my heart is that even though we fought to the point of like, we didn't want to talk to each other at some points, our motivations were always like out of love, out of, even though we don't always show it that way, being who we are, you know, we are confrontational, we're competitive, like, and knowing our dads, knowing our families, you know, we, that's just who we are. I know out of, for a fact that it was always out of love, even though we didn't always show it that way. And another thing is it allowed us to mature in a, like countless ways. First off, I think it pushed us deeper into scripture, you know, no doubt. For, for, I mean, obviously it pushed us deeper into scripture on the issue that we were arguing about, which we will probably get into at the end of this. Um, but deeper into just, I mean, there's so many aspects that scripture applies to our situation, like disagreeing with others. Um, just com- like another big is- issue that I was going to, or I was struggling with is, okay, we disagree on this. Um, you know, pastors disagree on this. Like, what's the line? You know, what's the boundary? Like, what's okay to disagree on? What's not? It, that, it just pushed us deeper into our understanding and pursuit of truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that it what grew me so much was, and it just pushed my reliance fully on God because I was like, you know, it, it you and your human mind, as hard as it is, sometimes you're just like. If I, if this is wrong, you know, like, you know, what's right? Like, what, what am I believing that? And it's like, okay, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, there's, you know, and which we'll get into the fun- fundamentals in just a minute, but like you can, it's okay. Like some stuff is going to change over your, like a lot of things are going to change. Most things, you know, not the m- most vital ones, but a lot of things are going to change in your walk with Christ. That's very normal and it's very a part of your growth. So that really like pushed my reliance fully on God. And I, I didn't have to lean, I, I couldn't lean on anyone, you know, to crutch me and be like, well, you know, this is exactly like how it's supposed to go. It's like, no, like you walk by faith, you know, you got to walk by faith on this and just lean on God even more and press in, you know? hundred percent. And um, I think another thing that, you know, helped us or helped me personally is who, like who you're listening to. Of course, the, the majority of what you should be taking in is from God himself, the word, just you and God and your relationship with God. That should be, you should never be just your Christian faith, rely on YouTube, rely on pastors, rely on receiving information from other sources. It should come from you and the, and the word of God. But then again, it also taught me like, who you're listening to, discernment, you know, like taking um, information from multiple different pastors, multiple, multiple different sources, yeah. and being able to take things in and and not always just just um, cut somebody off or just push their their point. I'm 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 kind of I don't know how to word it, but like not just totally write somebody off. I should say, you know, yeah. just learn how to discern and take in information and and check it with scripture. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's another big thing that. Um, I took from this too. Yeah, it's, check it's learning and who you're listening to, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Uh, you know, I know ever since you know, even in the very beginning of my walk, that 
one thing I felt so comfortable in was whenever someone that I was with would be like, hey, I'm teaching you this, but guess what? You need to take this to God because this isn't this is an exact science here. Like, you know, what we're talking about, like this is like my personal relationship wise. Like this is what I've, you know, the things I've gone through and it's what God's shown me. But hey, you take this to God and you see what um, he's saying about this. I'm like, you know, I can take, you know, I can take stuff from people very easily whenever they're like, hey, take it to God. Because ultimately, it's really about relationship with God. Like, you know, regardless, you know, you and God, that is the most important thing that goes for you, you know? Yeah. And I mean, we I've said it before, just a couple minutes ago, but like specifically not having your faith rely on learning from other people. Of course, that helps you, but that's one thing that I fell into, a trap I fell into was people would tell me things, and they, I trusted them. They were smart people. They were smart in, in their faith. They were very knowledgeable, but what they told me was end-all, be-all, and that was I wasn't even testing it with Scripture. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think next we should talk about how the Bible tells us to deal with disagreements. Yeah. Um, Scripture, I mean, disagreements are going to happen, have happened countless times over history. Um, I'm going to read 2 Timothy 2.24 first off. It says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, and able to reach, able to teach patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may per- perhaps grant them repentance, leading to knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So let me run through that real quick. It says, patiently enduring evil and not be quarrelsome. You can't um, teach somebody or approach somebody with disagreements out of anger or things like that, negative emotions. You have to be calm-minded because you're not going to you're not going to push somebody closer to God if you're angry and if you're pushing them farther away from God. You know, if you, if you're deterring them from Jesus, you know, that's not good, you know what I mean? And then next it says the goal is to grant them repentance. The goal is not to win the argument. The goal is for them to understand and repent from it. It's not for you to win the argument and get your point. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think when once you uh, a big rule of thumb for me is whenever I'm putting Whenever I'm putting my own agenda on someone, I need to take a step back and let someone else pour into that person's life. Or I need to take a step back for even a moment, even 10 minutes and be like, and get into the mindset of like, hey, this is for God. You know, this isn't for you. This has to be for God. And if you're putting your own agenda on it, you know, that's even more, that can be even more um, like troublesome than not really doing anything and just leading by example. You know what I mean? Like, Ultimately, that's it's really not good to be putting your own agenda on someone else's life. And I'll be give you a specific example. I was arguing a couple of weeks ago with my buddy, and I won't go into what we're arguing about, but um, I remember we were yelling at each other, like just yelling, trying to get our point across. And we're arguing for like an hour and a half, two hours. I think it was like four in the morning we were arguing until. I mean, we started arguing at 12, arguing until 4 a.m. That's when I went home. How is that productive? Like, okay, if you're going to patiently teach somebody, okay, get your point across, you repeating it over and over and over for four hours is not going to make them further understand, okay? God's the only one that can convict somebody's heart, not you. 
And that's another thing that, I mean, I used to struggle with is I used to try to make people understand right then and there my point of view, whereas God's the only one that convict with his scripture, you know, just um, understanding his word. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to do uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I can tell from my experience, a big thing that I would do whenever, you know, this would hit, whenever disagreement would hit or just anything coming against me, you know, any struggle, I would be like, okay, well, I'm not going to deal with them for now. You know, I'm not going to face that right now. Like, and sometimes I would have the right intent to start with and be like, Hey, I'm going to go to God with this. And that's great. But I would always end up just wanting to do stuff by myself and, and go watch TV or something like that's not beneficial. You know, something that is the most beneficial is, you know, going and meeting with that person, you know, one-on-one, you know, going and speaking to that person and really growing through it, you know, speaking. And, and one thing my, uh, that a lady told me was, she was like, whenever you're in these conversations, whenever you're in these conversations with your, with your mom, your dad, anyone, are you listening to what they're saying? Or are you just formulating a plan to say something back? And I was like, I like oh. how you say that. Some, I think my dad told me one time he goes, cause I used to, my dad used to try to teach me these old life lessons. Right. And I used to always have a rebuttal. He told me, if you're thinking about what you're going to say before I finish, then you're not listening. Yeah. And I, that, that convicted me. I was like, they, I do that every time I'm only, that I'm only doing that. And it was this powerful moment um, for me. Like I was, I was at my Bible study with my friends and uh, my friend was saying something that just convicted my heart, like convicted me so hard. And before I would just make an excuse in my mind, and be like, ah, that ain't for me. But right there, I embraced the conviction. I embraced what was coming in. And it was, it was so fulfilling. It really was. It was like yeah. so comforting. Cause I was like, I can take this conviction with the right heart. Like, I am not perfect. Like I am not in the right place every time I need this conviction. I was like, perfect. You know, that, that completely changed my perspective because I heard before I spoke and, uh, and that has to do with wisdom. You know, that that's a great mark of wisdom, being able to listen to what someone's saying and not formulating a plan against them, you know, before they finish really earlier. Um, I, I talked about the mindset you're going into an argument with, um, trying to prove your point, pride, all these things. Another thing is the idea of um, talking to maybe a non-Christian or a Christian who's not as far or developed in their faith, this idea of we have mastered the gospel or we have, um, like we're more advanced than you, whatever. We may be more knowledgeable, but we are all broken in in the eyes of God. Like we are all sinners. Yes. So there's no mastering the gospel. I'm going to read Galatians 6.1. It says, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of gentleness. But here's the here's the kicker. It says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So it says, I mean, you're supposed to restore them, but you you can be tempted just the same as they can be tempted. They're, you're not above them. And that's a big 
kind of convictor when you're approaching somebody that you're not mastering what you're trying to teach them. You are still trying to grow and and understand the same things you're you're preaching to other people. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, coming from a uh, kind of just coming from that like personal understanding, like always having you know those other people's interests at heart, not you know just being like a Pharisee, really. Like, hey, here's where I am, and here's where you are. No, it's like once you're a brother in Christ, we're brothers in Christ. Like we eat from the same table, we deal with the same struggles. Jesus, Jesus dealt with the same temptations we did. I think like. You think it's different now for us, you know, to another Christian? I don't think so. Hundred percent. And this is a this is an extreme example, but like people, like you imagine you're trying to spread the gospel to an unbeliever, right? And you're getting pushback, and you know that they're not receiving the information. It says this is Matthew seven six. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. This. Is an extreme version of you, like somebody not even accepting the gospel, like being disrespectful in that fact. Like you are not going to share the gospel to someone who is unwilling to accept it. Sorry, my something popped up on my screen. Um, so if someone, uh, let me get to the point. Let me be specific. If someone you're trying to spread the gospel and they're closed off completely, what is the point of just hitting your head against the wall, hitting your head? You need to move on and spread the gospel to someone with an open heart or just to people who are willing to to hear you um yeah because not not everyone is open to what you have to say you know what i mean absolutely yeah i was uh i was i was speaking to a friend about another friend and i was like look we don't we don't have to do anything more man like if if i took it any further it'd be harassment you know like i (laughs) I let this i'm gonna let this man go like i i've given him you know all i know you know I've, i've i've offered you know it's okay. You know, we'll release them to God. It's it, it. Maybe it's not supposed to come from me. And I can tell you right now that from um, my personal experience early in my walk, there were, God used me to, for one of my friends to be saved, but it, he didn't allow for me to take any pride in that because you weren't the one that saved him, right? Exactly. I he can't. It was an original thing that me and him went through, and it looked like nothing happened then. And then over months, over a couple months with him with God, he I did play a role in it, like a small little role. But it was planted the seed. It, I you know, and God didn't let me grow prideful in that, and He just showed that oh, only only I can do this, Brayden. Like yeah, this ain't you, and. It was so important for me early in my walk because it allowed me to be like, oh, okay, I can't, I can't take heart in me saving someone because what if someone doesn't take what I'm putting down? It doesn't fall on me then either. It's free will. 100%. You know, only God can, only God can do these things. There's a scripture that I don't know off the top of my head, but it talks about like, there's been sowing, sowing, sowing over many years. And then now the reap is plentiful or the, yeah. the harvest is plentiful. We need people to go reap. But like the person who planted the seed it doesn't isn't the one that's, reaping it all the time. That's powerful because that's the um that's actually what I uh that was the scripture I I read to him whenever he uh whenever really? this, yeah, it was John uh four, I wanna say. Yeah, John four twenty four, I believe. 
let me and that that ties perfectly into the point of you don't have to be the one in a disagreement it doesn't even always have to be a disagreement but when you're talking to people they don't always see eye to eye with you you don't have to be the one to convict their hearts someone Mm -hmm. god has plenty of workers you know what i mean yes yeah workers no where is that but yes that that was a that was a cool moment because um yeah, that was actually one of the things I read. It's not John four twenty four, but it's in John, I think. But yeah, I uh, so I know that God, um, we have a human perspective. Like we don't even see, we can't even. God might harden someone's heart towards you only to protect you from growing haughty. You know, God might. You know, like this is God. Facts. Facts. You know, maybe it's. God's wanting someone else to get to pour into this person's life that has more wisdom than you at this time, that is at a stronger point in their walk. And that's so important to just, okay, yeah. Hey, we're, we're all on the same team. Like one more on the team. Who cares? I'm not, I'm not going like, Hey, I'm, I didn't recruit you. Get off, get off the team, buddy. <laughs> I didn't recruit you. You know, it's, it doesn't matter. We're all on the same team. Once you join the team. Doesn't you know? Regardless of who recruited you, a, uh, a cool visual that that reminds me of is the p- perfect picture of Christianity is the Christians that Paul was killing. The picture of Christianity is when he gets to heaven, they're there rejoicing. The ones that he killed. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, that's cool. That's powerful. that's the that's the perfect picture. That's powerful. Um, that's powerful. Topic I guess, three. Yeah, I guess we should just go into. Uh, specifically what me and Brighton disagreed on. And then this idea of, okay, what's okay to disagree on and what's not okay to disagree on. You know, um, the pastor that I go to disagrees with the pastor Brighton goes to disagrees from the YouTube pastor. You listen to every pastor disagrees on individual things to certain degrees. So what is okay to disagree on? Um, me and Brighton have specifically what me and Brighton disagreed on. I guess we should talk about it is the idea of uh, spiritual gifts. You read first Corinthians something. Six. It's the, six yeah it's the idea of um you know the gifts of prophecy gifts of healing gifts of uh speaking in tongues is talked talked about there um just gifts of the spirit and this is one thing that we disagreed on and i'll be completely honest it's something that i still don't have 100 percent grasp on it's uh these things are tough but how i know that the the thing that me and brayden fell short of is realizing that we could disagree on things like this um, and still be Christians. Like we could still have fellowship with each other, but specifically what we disagreed on is like gifts of healing. Um, do you even remember? I'm trying to think of what it was. Cause we've talked about it over the it past was, couple months. It, it was, um, I felt like God. Uh, so I was believing that, well, people were actually, I'll tell you what my my <laughs> my um, belief on this was so unrefined. Like I, did, I truthfully, until we were really breaking it down, I didn't know really what I believed until we broke it down. And you know what I believed um, has definitely changed um, in regards to this. Like, but I felt like I was the main thing to me is just that. Whatever it's done, you know, it's it's done through Jesus. You know, that regardless, whatever is done cannot be with any intent um, past Jesus' name. You know, and we shouldn't take heart, regardless if you believe 
in these things in the gifts. So like specifically, you can't... specifically, like if um I go to pray for somebody in the hospital and they get healed, like mer- mer- like it's naive of us to think miracles do not happen in the world today. God works miracles. Um, the specific case we're talking about is if say Cole Harris goes to heal somebody at the hospital, um, and they are healed. It we kind of believe the same thing. But it's kind of hard to like this. Is what I say, like we don't have, like I still don't have a, a grasp on it because it's hard to picture it and wrap your mind around it. But it's always God doing the healing. It's never yeah. the human being doing the healing. Maybe He has the gift of healing, like He has the calling to go specifically pray for individuals in hospitals or anybody pray for it. But it's always God doing the healing. And yeah, um, yeah, no, I actually. So I was kind of in the standpoint that um we're all called to you know once a gift is given it's not you know but that's pretty loose like you that's not in my opinion it's really just like what god's called you to at that time and the holy spirit if god allows like then god does these things through you you know you get to be a vessel you get to be a part of it but it's none of it's you and God can take that away regardless. God's will is is ultimately what it comes down to. And these gifts are really just like what you get to be a part of that God yeah. does. You know, yeah. it's, just it's, what, it's just what God does sometimes that you get to be a part of. You know a, very, mean? a very easier way to look at it is every person, like I'm good at basketball. Um, person down the street might not be good at basketball, but they're good at uh, baking cakes. You know, each person has different talents and that's, um, is a really simple, simplified way of looking at it, but like gifts of spirit, like, okay, I, I feel like me and Brayden have gifts of, um, just speaking truth. Like we're not always the personality guys. We're not always the people who, uh, you see those YouTube pastors, you know, making creative analogies of, you know, we're going to speak direct truth. And that's a gift, a very simplified version of a gift. Um, yes, that's kind of how I've, I, you know, I look at Absolutely. it. The simplified version. Yeah. I've, and I've really grown um, refined in it. Like, I think the main thing, um, for me is as the gifts go, it's just like, it's not, that's not what ultimately what the gospel is about. Like, yeah, God, Jesus did it. Absolutely. There all these things, Jesus, I still believe that God does these mir- miraculous things. I still believe that I can be a vessel, be a vessel in that, be a part of it. But, if I am reliant upon works, reliant upon what God's doing through me, God, Jesus said it himself. He said, don't take heart in these things. Don't take heart in, you know, whenever the, um, I think it was Peter or I don't remember, but a few disciples came and he, they were like, Jesus, the, the devils are fleeing in your name and people are being healed in your name. And, and Jesus is like, don't take heart in that. Take heart in the fact that, you know, your name's in the Lamb's book of life. And that yeah. that's like, I can just rest in God. I, there's no works that need to be done. I'm never going to earn God's love. It's already there. I think yeah. it's kind of funny because this is the first time we've really like specifically talked about it. I mean, we've addressed it a couple times, but I truly think like I was way too conservative and you were maybe way too out there. And now I think I, you have helped me grow into not being so conservative. Yeah. Like we, like we have both leveled out a little bit, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, I, I was just about to say that like, I feel like God, like God used it because we were probably on two far sides of the spectrum and we're probably still 
like not like all the way men in the middle, maybe not. Yeah, probably but, not. But but we're like now we're like really close to the middle, and we're just a line or two apart on the number. Exactly. Line, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think now we should get into like what is okay to disagree on and what is not. So what me and Brayden disagreed on was okay. Let me just explain uh, an analogy. So in this study bubble, I have there's there's a, a like a a graph. It's the circle, then a bigger circle, then a bigger circle. Then it, so it's four categories. The first category is absolutes, like something a Christian. If you are call yourself a Christian, you cannot waver on. And if you do not believe these things, or you think there's some 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 discussion that needs to be had, you're not a Christian. That's basically what it is. Number two is convictions. This is the category that me and Braden were disagreeing on. Something that he was convicted on that I was not convicted on, but. We are both still Christians. We can both fellowship together, um, but he's just convicted in a different way than me. The third is opinions. Like um, I have an example of opinion. You know, music and church. Some churches believe that you can't use instruments in churches. You can only use choirs. You know, that's an opinion. So that's not really not a big deal. Like maybe I won't go to church there, but it's fine. You know. And then the four is like common questions of the general faith. This is the last category. Um, for example, like opinions on dinosaurs ages of the earth like we have ideas but this is not deciding whether you're a christian or not um so those are just broad questions that don't really matter at the end of the day yes um in a better description i can use is like a hospital so like the first absolutes of a christian faith you're like a you're like you have a heart attack your life's on the line you're going in first number two maybe your urgent care um you break your leg but you can still have time to like breathe Third, you have the you have the flu, and then fourth, you have a cut on your finger. Uh, you you can stay home. You know, like that's kind of like severity, yeah, of it. Um, but specifically, like okay, so like I'll go into absolutes that a Christian has to have to be considered a Christian, and this goes into ideas of like okay, what's the difference between Muslim faith, Islamic faith, all these different faiths, um, all kind of tie into this. Number one category, absolutes. So you are saved by grace, not of works. The only way we are saved, Ephesians 2, 7, I think it's Ephesians 2, or what is it? You are saved by grace, not of works. There's nothing we can do to earn our way to heaven. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is the only payment yeah. required. That is a must. Anybody who says, has any waiver on that, it's a no-no. Second is the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus had to be fully God, fully man, to be eligible to be our Savior. If he wasn't fully God, that means he wasn't perfect. If he wasn't perfect, then what, he couldn't have died because he wasn't perfect. That means I could have died on the cross. No, he, he wouldn't have been eligible. Right. And third, and that's that's very basic view of it. It can It's way deeper. The Trinity is one of the hardest things to understand. Yeah. Um, then lastly, the Bible is the Word of God. Um, this is the true divine authorship of god it was written by man but they were inspired by the holy spirit um so we can trust that this is the true word of god like what it says is true and those are absolutes and that's where differences come in from muslims um specifically they believe you have to commit mecca you have to fast a certain amount of times that earns your way to heaven cancels out that's why christianity is different trinity you know um, but that's like these, the number one is where many religions are, um, differ from Christianity is that first category. Yes. 
Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. That's all I had written down. I mean, I, I mean, should I go in more depth? Up to you. What do you? What I mean, do you that's, think? The, that's the. That's. I mean, that's the gist. Like you gotta. Um. There's. I mean, that's pretty much it to me. Like, I mean, yeah, th- there's not much more to be said because, like, the, this the 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 topic we were talking about, topic three. What is okay to disagree on? Okay, if this pastor over here is telling you something, and this pastor over here is telling you something else, as long as he's preaching the fundamentals, you are saved by grace, the Trinity, Bible is the Word of God. There may be one or two more. You know, I'm still growing in this area. Um, as long as these are the fundamental preachings of his of his of his sermons whatever then you can take and discern however you would like but you can know he's preaching true christianity basically yes um yeah absolutely and yeah, then like go ahead I, I think it was a important note like on i think it's an interesting thing like um you know you can't question as christians like is this like is our way you know the only way to heaven like god says it himself like you know, through Jesus is like, if you don't know him, you don't know me. Like, so that's what takes out the rest of the religions as far as that goes. You know, that's very simple and what it, and what it says. So I can, you know, I'll go ahead and give a couple of scriptures to verify the, the severity of these absolutes. So you're saved by grace, not of works in Luke 18, 18, I believe I'll just give a quick summary. A man asks Jesus, he goes, what must I do to get into heaven? Well, it's a trick question. There's nothing you can do. Jesus says, um, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to butcher it. Um, let me go read it. Um, the best. Yeah, I'm not going to butcher it because this is way too good to butcher. Yeah. Luke 18. This is, and this is one of those I like memorize. Like this is the idea of being a good person gets you to heaven. Like that's a form of works. Um, Luke yeah. 18, 18. Yeah, I think, and definitely that's such an easy one to, even as we step into God, like God forgives us every day. We we sin every day. We can't look left or right and say who's good or bad because we're not good compared to God. If you're comparing us on the human spectrum, it's pretty easy to be good. Fact. But if we're on the comparing on the God spectrum, we're all bad. Yeah, so that's exactly, um, the scripture's, Hitting on exactly what you just said. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Trick question, you can't. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So right there in that scripture, he says, no one is good except God alone. He sets the standard of what is good. So God is good. He's not saying, okay, you're this degree of good. You're this. No, God is good. So we are broken. We are bad. There's no in between. It's good, broken. So since we are all broken, the only atonement for our sins is Jesus Christ on, on, on the cross, basically, blah, 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 right? Um, next, I'm, uh, the Bible is the word of God. Why is this important? Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. It is breathed out by God. All scripture whether it was Jesus talking or whether whether it wasn't, it's all breathed out by God. Yep. Um, and the last thing, I'll give you a specific example. I know I'm kind of this is a lot of information to take in. Um, we'll probably hit on these points over time. 
um, to give you more in depth, but yes. a specific example of these categories of what's okay to disagree on and what's not okay. So me and Brayden disagreed on spiritual gifts, right? Uh, speaking in tongues. If y'all don't know what speaking in tongues is, that's something I really don't understand. But the idea of is you're speaking in angelic language. Um, when you're like the Holy spirit comes upon you, you speak angelic language. I believe in this because the Bible tells it it's real. I've never experienced it. I don't, I'm not knowledgeable about it, but I believe it because the Bible says it's real. And a, a, a case scenario where spiritual gifts, which is a conviction category two, not that important to disagree on can turn into a category one is this specific example. This, um, this preacher was telling a story how his girlfriend or his fiance, there was going to this church and she became a Christian. She became saved. She wanted to join the church. And the pastor of that church said, you are not saved unless you speak in tongues. So yeah. speaking in tongues was a direct correlation if you were saved. Like if you don't speak in tongues, you're not a Christian. Yeah, That is a perfect situation or case scenario where a number two category can turn into a number one quick. So that's why it's important to know and discern all these things. Yes. Um, Absolutely. So are we going to – what was the debate topic? I, I thought we were just talking about LeBron. Oh, we can talk about LeBron. Uh, bro, okay. This has been on my mind. I was thinking about when I when I uh, I was on the way here, actually. Um, I was talking to one of my buddies about the Spurs. I think – I love me some Spurs. Don't get me wrong. Viva Los Spurs, my guy, you know. Uh, I think LeBron should not have lost to the Spurs. Like – Timmy Timmy D was an old man, right? I shouldn't have lost him. Ginobili was old. Tony Parker was good. Kawhi was good. But man, like, like that's I, I've I've talked about it to you before. I think Jordan's the goat now. Yeah, no, I think that in my opinion, my opinion's been that, at, like, if LeBron retired today, Jordan's the goat. My opinion is if LeBron gets two more, if he wins oh. this year, then he gets another one. Out of longevity and and greatness and sus, like sustained greatness, what would he have? How many would he have went to if he did that? Twelve. This is 13? ten. Twelve. It would be twelve. So he he would have went. Okay. Well, yeah, he would this have went. He, yeah, so he would have went to eleven and one five. If he goes to eleven and one, he would, this is this is ten that we're on right now. So this is and, oh yeah, 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 yeah he right, could win right. four. He, this yeah. could be number four. So if yeah, he goes to eleven and wins five. Then just out of sheer longevity and greatness combined, like that's that's the goat because like we were talking about yesterday, like Peyton Manning in my opinion for a time was definitely better than Tom Brady in my opinion, but they like Tom Brady's forty three still playing good. He went to nine Super Bowls, won six. He was still he the longevity plays in even though he wasn't as good. You know, for that span, the longevity play you know plays that Definitely part. A factor. Definitely yeah. A factor. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's one thing I have no problem. I have no pride. I have no ego that I used to call LeBron the goat for about seventy five percent of my lifespan. The only thing that's gonna get me, man, is if my dad and your dad, or specifically my dad, is listening to this podcast and hears. I haven't talked to him about it, and he, he's gonna. Told you so, or whatever, man. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that because me, I've gotten. Remember that one time, me, you, 
and your dad, we were arguing about it that one time. He's he hadn't he didn't want no part of it. He didn't want no part of LeBron even in the conversation as Jordan. Oh yeah, no, he was so aggravated. It was hilarious. <laughs> he wanted no nothing to do with it. No, no, but yeah. But specifically, my case for Jordan. I mean, it's kind of funny because we did the Jordan LeBron debate first episode. Yeah. Specifically, the fact the thing that really changed my mind was the documentary. But <laughs> Jordan was in the year he had a ten year prime. He played baseball for 21 months in between that time. And he three-peated before, played baseball for 18, 21 months, however it was, came back in March, made it to the East Conference Finals, then three-peated. So he won That's six a, rings in 10 years. That's just – and he was a he was a dog, bro. Like He was he different. Was mental, he had mental toughness. Yeah, he Jordan was different. Like he, he just – he's wired differently than, than LeBron, no doubt. No doubt about it. 100%. Absolutely. I think that for sure right now, as as it goes right now, Jordan, if LeBron quit right now, Jordan wins the debate. You know, you can't you can't win three, you know, three to six, that's that's too much. That's too insurmountable. And there's a different element to when you watch Jordan play that's like, oh my gosh, like that you feel like you're watching insanity when he plays. That's a, a part that's hard to do about LeBron, like doesn't look that insane a lot of times because of his strength and his, you know, his bruteness makes him a little, not as, not as fun. You know, it's just a little bit more boring. I feel like then Jordan, you know, sky, you know, skying above the rim, you know, uh, fadeaways, like it's a more fun style to watch as well. And more elegant, I would say. I but. mean, it's kind of crazy to me too. LeBron's 35 and he's dominating. And I think MJ was sitting on his couch watching the finals at 35. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a good debate. No doubt. No doubt. The debate is not over. I mean, Stephen A. Smith on first take the other day, I was watching him. He said he will never – I mean, you know how passionate Stephen A. is. He said he will never give LeBron a, a vote ever. Like, in, like until he's – I mean, he would have to win like three more ring, rings for him even to consider it. But he says right now he's ne- he won't even consider giving LeBron the GOAT vote. No, no, I – I, I, my thing is like, I think that he will win two more. That's why I think he's the GOAT because I think he will win two more. I feel that. Yeah. I don't think like if he retired right now, no, he's not. But I think he will win two more is the reason why I think he's the GOAT. I agree with that 100% too. Like, (laughs) it's five chips, it's over. He's the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, six six losses counts for one win, you know, any day of the week. Like, you you make it to the stupid finals. You know what I mean? I mean, he's going to win this one, like... Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, He's winning it. There's no way he loses. And then he needs... He can play four more years. He can play till he's 40. He needs to win, win one chip in four years to get five. Yeah. Odds okay. are in his favor, for sure. Yeah, AD's in his prime. Got another year. I mean, yeah, they're good. Anyway. You wrap it up? Wrap it up? This was a uh, content-filled episode, bro. We talked... We covered a lot of stuff. That was fire. All right. Um, go ahead. You you wrap it up. Well, God bless y'all. Um, <laughs> sorry about the long wait. I thank y'all, uh, everybody listening, and um, our prayers go out to, to everybody, regardless, uh, especially it's going to this dream. Those are rough sometimes. All right. God bless y'all. Love y'all.